HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. I 
Whoa. Big damn. Big yeah. damn. Yeah. Big. Bot is a dead people. Bot is a dead people. That's yeah. tough. You know, I, f- I figured out that if I was ever in a post-hardcore band that I know what I would name it. What? Colony Collapse. Mm. After, you know, I, the bees and everything. No, I get it. But I feel like I feel like if you were to Google that, someone's already taken that name. Um, maybe. Take it to the net? Take it to the net. But While I, I like, intro the show, welcome yeah. to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. On the other half, Darren Bresnitz and uh, Colony Collapse. Ooh, Colony Collapse is order. That's nah, not as good. That's not as good. Anyway, we'll figure it out. Uh, welcome to Snacky Tunes on what I can't believe is our... Uh, one Thanksgiving. Of Thanksgiving episode. Well, I guess pre-Thanksgiving, because we're going to do a show next week. Yeah, but that's after Thanksgiving. That's holiday season. Post-Thanksgiving. Pe- Post-Thanksgiving. Um, and I can't believe we've, <laughs> we've never done this before, but we have a very, very special guest calling in from the delicious war room of Ballacum in Pennsylvania. Mom, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. Oh, thank you, sons. I'm very happy to be part of Snacky Tunes. Yeah, it's always my pleasure. It's only been five years for us to have this epiphany. So, um... <laughs> For those who don't know, and we, we talk about it every year, but Thanksgiving is literally our favorite meal of the year. And uh, you are no small part of that in uh, putting that together. Oh, well, thank you. So why don't you take us back and, and tell us where it all began? Yeah, what, well, was your, what was your very first Thanksgiving? Well, the tradition of Thanksgiving for our family growing up in Brooklyn was that it was one of the few American... Um, holidays that we celebrated because we grew up Jewish Orthodox and we celebrated all the Jewish holidays. So Thanksgiving was really the holiday for a family that was secular and had nothing to do with going to synagogue. So my mom and I, your grandmother Helen, um, yeah, she and I planned the menu and we decided that we would make all the trimmings and her stuffing and a big turkey and and have a celebratory feast in honor of being Americans. Now, so that's how it started. And I think I was about 10 or 11 when we first, I first have recognition that that started. Early, early 60s. What, what was served? Pardon? Early 60s. And what was served? Yeah. Um, what we did was we had all the vegetables, and we had stuffing, and we had turkey, and we had mashed potatoes. Now, remember, everything was without butter because we were kosher, so right. it still tasted pretty good. Uh, has butter made an appearance in your current Thanksgiving? <laughs> My God, I couldn't live without butter today. I think this is a holiday that you just buy tons of it in advance and you use it liberally and don't even think about it. So what was that first, those first few Thanksgivings like, especially with what the food scene was in America? Was it more... Betty Crocker, or was it since Grandma cooked from scratch? Was it more of a scratch type it was of holiday? Never, we were never Betty Crocker homes. I mean, our family only, my mother only made everything from scratch. So it was a fresh turkey from the farmer's market and from the kosher butcher, and all of her fresh ingredients went into making the stuffing, and um, all the sides were fresh. We never used cans or frozen or any of that stuff. Were there any uh, Jewish or Polish influences, sort of uh, flavors or seasonings, even though it is an American meal, but that's where Grandma and our family are from, that made an appearance in those first few Thanksgivings? No, and you know, I, I read a lot of articles right up until a magazine's about Thanksgiving, and there's always this blend. There was just a recent article this 
in the Philadelphia Inquirer this week about one of the chefs who has a German and um, German and Polish background, and so he listed all of the dishes that made the table, um, graced his table, along with turkey. And to me, that's that's a confluence I don't want to even get involved with. Hmm. Me, it's all about Thanksgiving and the standard dishes. And I can always eat the other food any other time. I don't think they belong together. My hairdresser is Italian. She has lasagna on her plate. I don't think <laughs> lasagna finds a place on the Thanksgiving table. Line of the sand, Mom. <laughs> well, I mean, it's once a Definitely. year. It's once a year. So um, yeah, when probably. when did your, like, true uh, version, well, so, when, yeah. did it, when did it start for you where it's like, you know, well, I mean, why don't you tell people kind of what your preparation process is? Well, hold on wait a second. Before we get to the modern preparation, so you're cooking when you're growing up, and did you do sort of like, did you go home for Thanksgiving in college? Did you continue tradition? Like, you know, how did it evolve into your own your own cookings? Yeah, it was always home. I, well, I went to college and I went to graduate school at home, so that was a non-issue. And then and Dad and I lived in Manhattan, so we always went to Brooklyn for Thanksgiving. And his parents were invited to Grandma and Grandpa's house for Thanksgiving. And Dad and I usually even made it then. Um, we just always had a hand in it and helped Grandma. Um, believe it or not, your father helped along, too. We used to make different kinds of stuffings and things like that, but... When we moved to Pennsylvania, and we, we lived in Philadelphia, right in, in the center of town, we invited everyone over to our big apartment. We had a huge dining room, and I cooked all the meals and, and the meal, I, all the dishes. I hated when anybody brought anything over because it really interrupted the flow and theme of what I wanted to wow. do. So wow. So, so what are some of the dishes that have kind of always uh, remained? Um, what, what's always the same is the stuffing. I always make chestnut, mushroom, garlic, onion stuffing. And where did that recipe come from? I think, you know, I tried many, many other, um, recipes for stuffing along the years. And that was the one that I found to be the best because I love the whole flavor of sage along with chestnuts and how that melds together with garlic and onions and celery, of course, you know, parsley. Mm -hmm little bit of apple in there. I just like that. So I perfected that stuffing over the years. Mom, you can't see it right now, but Greg's face is very nervous that there's not <laughs> enough stuffing. Greg is always... Actually, every time I make it, the stuffing, I always think of Greg. In my own personal evolution, it has moved away from stuffing and where there's not enough turkey necks. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that, that is my own personal growth. But hold on. So yeah. the stuffing was always there. What what other dishes have always Sweet kind of been potato pies are always a standard. I used to work... Where did that recipe oven. come from? Yeah. Okay. Because that is... And first off... How many do you make, when do you start making them, and there's already not enough? All right. If you want my whole, whole timeline, you have to let me have three minutes of talking That's about All right, that. Let's do it. We'll do, yeah. look, why, don't we, right. why don't we do your timeline, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about the mom's modern Thanksgiving. Okay. So the timeline starts in August, really. and For, that's, that's First off, <laughs> okay. Just let's let's let that in. That's four well, months. I'll just rush through it. And you no, 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 no. Take your time. Take with your that. time. All right. So I always make, which I just pulled out of the oven, actually, blueberry cobbler. And so in August, I make sure, or July, somewhere around there, I make sure that when the blueberries are at their premium peak time, coming from the state of New Jersey, I take those blueberries and freeze them so I have them for my cobbler. So they're they're fresh off the bush, as it were. 
Then in October, as soon as the pumpkins are harvested, then I go to a local farm and I buy um, pumpkins for the few dishes that I make, like pumpkin pone, pumpkin apple strudel, and um, some other pumpkin dishes. And, and I want to be sure that I have a fresh pumpkin that I cook myself and puree and then freeze in two cup batches because most recipes call for two cups. I dream of that strudel topping. <laughs> dream it's of so it. good, right? It's when, when, we're, when we toddle downstairs on Thursday morning being out late on a Wednesday night, I just think of eating that strudel topping all day. <laughs> that so and glad. string cheese. That and string cheese. And then um, same thing in October. I go through all of the recipes that I had the year before, and I look at all my ingredients. I toss all my old spices, and I buy new spices. Um, I go through all the recipes and make sure that all the ingredients that I want are on my typed-up ingredient list because sometimes I'll change recipes. I try out all the new recipes that I, I might want to add to the menu. There are certain standards, but every year you like to have one or two new dishes. I try those out. Sometimes I bring them to work and ask my coworkers if they like it or not. Um, then I, once that's done, I start thinking about procuring those ingredients. So I'll go around to all the different stores because Trader Joe's has some ingredients, Whole Foods has some ingredients, etc. So I make sure that I have all of that. Then two weeks beforehand, I get all the drinks that I want, and I also get the Pepperidge Farm bread, which is the only thing I don't make because I like the taste of that original recipe bread, and I want to use that for my stuffing. Um, I go to Williams-Sonoma, and I get their um, I get their chestnuts, which are French chestnuts, and they're really nice. And then from there, one week ahead, I start to I set the table in advance. I get out all of my platters that I want to have ready to go. This weekend was a busy weekend because I want to be sure that everything I need is at my fingertips. Because um, when you start cooking, you don't want to say, well, which platter should I use for these green beans? So then I cut all the bread and season season them the bread for the stuffing, and organize everything that needs to be at hand for cooking. And then tomorrow I'll make a few of the dishes. Tuesday night I'll make a few of the dishes. And the big surprise is that I cook my turkey and everything on Wednesday. Most people cook it the day of, but um, I like to cook it on Wednesday. And this way, after it cools down, I slice it the way I like to without any pressure of 14 guests at the table or 20 guests. And then I let it soak in the juices, and then I reheat it because I want piping hot turkey, not room-temperature turkey, and then uh, finish up the gravy at the, you know, a few minutes right before we're going to serve the whole meal. And just a few sides on the day of, because I want to enjoy my company as well. So with all that preparation, um, then I can. And the last thing is that on the weekend after Thanksgiving, I look over the list, I think about what everybody said, I make notes, and then I say next year do this or next year don't do that or buy more next or make sure you add that cream spinach that Gregory wants and something else. So that's my that's basically the way oh, I work. Basically, just, just, basically. The, just the basics. <laughs> yeah. All right, well we're going to take a break and we're going to talk about some of the dishes and and what's okay. become staples uh, okay. uh, in the in the house.
Hi, listeners. We wanted to let you know that Heritage Radio Network's Julia Child Fellowship application is now open. The fellowship offers an enriching experience for aspiring food writers and journalists who share our passion for food systems change. The fellowship is a great way to progress in the field of food journalism and digital media and will start in early January 2024. This fellowship will provide participants with hands-on experience, mentorship, and access to an extensive network of industry professionals. The application deadline is November 27, 2023. Check out heritageradionetwork.org and click on the Julia Child Foundation Writing Fellowship link to learn more. If you or someone you know has interest in food studies and journalism, this might be a great fit. Go to heritageradionetwork.org and check out the application today. Thank you. Greg, uh, are you hashtag raving, hashtag behaving right now? Uh, I'm behaving after raving. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Woof. Um, uh, mom, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We have, we have our mom for a special very Thanksgiving uh, preview, worship, tribute, Thanksgiving. Um, so before, we, we actually didn't get an answer of um, where the sweet potato pie recipe came from. Oh, yeah. So I used to work with this woman who this African-American woman who had a very traditional Southern Thanksgiving, and one of her dishes was sweet potato pie. And I said, oh, my goodness, I must have that recipe. And so I got it from her back in the early 80s, and I've been making it ever since. And sometimes I just make eight or ten of them, and I give them away to friends who were also in love with the sweet potato pie. Yeah, people, people literally walk away from Thanksgiving with an entire pie. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, wait. What's, can I ask? What's really amazing is that like th- this meal is like a culmination of decades of cooking. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, when you look at the you know your current incarnation of Thanksgiving, like, do you just see a you know a table of history and or memories? Or, like when you look down right before we all dig in, like, what is it? What do you see, and how do you reflect on it? You know what? Um, in my Thanksgiving preparation schedule, um, right at the end. I even have Thursday down to the last, and the last few items on it is that I put the food on the table, I have a toast, we always have Prosecco, I tell everybody what's on the menu, all the dishes, because I have a printed up menu, as you know, and then it says, take a deep breath, eat, and enjoy the company and the the meal, and why you're grateful. Is that a... Is that on the schedule? Is that That's a note to on yourself? on my schedule. I'll show it to you when you come home. I don't That's think I've ever noticed that. Yeah, yeah. I think I just start blacking out because of all the food. No, I think what yeah. you're saying is that that is a personal note. That's a personal yeah. note to yourself. That's Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, my personal note. And I'm just so overjoyed with the pleasure that um, I can give to people with this meal. And I know that people come up from Florida and they're looking forward to it. Um, your cousins come from New Jersey, some from Manhattan. So to me, it's just the art of giving and to show how thankful and lucky our family is. And, uh, you know, our friend uh, Shelly was kind yes. of guided through mm-hmm. your fir- her first Thanksgiving, and I know her cousin Allie is also currently preparing her first Thanksgiving. What are you, I mean, granted, yours is, you know, 40, dec- 40 years, four decades of preparation. What type of advice did you give them and would you give to people when they're starting out for their own uh, Thanksgiving? Well, with Shelly, it was really interesting because you brought her home for Thanksgiving one weekend, and she was helping me with the cooking, and I went through the whole schedule. She saw it, and 
she said, I never even realized that you should have a schedule when you're throwing a big dinner party. And it sort of changed the way that she did things in small dinner parties. So I sent her everything. I sent her the schedule. I mailed her all the recipes. And she, the, the following year, Shelly sent me an email and said, thank you so much. I followed your schedule. It was really great. I love the recipes. And, and the same thing with Allie. I sent everything to her um, you know, because I have all my recipes on my computer, so it's just to send the email. And then Allie kept texting me back and forth. I did the same thing with Uncle David in Houston this year because he's, they're not going to Brooklyn. They're not flying home for Thanksgiving. So he said, we're going to make one. Do you have any recipes? And I did the same thing with him. Um, so it's just, you know, I'm an organized person. And to me, if you're going to go through the trouble of making such a wonderful meal, that you should just do it in the, the amount of time that is necessary. You can't just fly into it two days beforehand. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, yeah. for, you know, someone who might not start in July, when do you think, like, a reasonable time yeah. to start preparing? You, you need two weeks. You okay. cannot do that's, this that's the week totally reason, That's totally yeah. reasonable. That's totally reasonable. Yeah. Now, can we talk about the, I would say, the biggest ingredient or dish game changer over the year that is turkey necks and how did they right. <laughs> make it from one neck the year to now i think how many do you how many did you buy this 12. year i ordered 12 not, not enough. enough not I'm enough counting the one that comes with the turkey that's not enough it's literally I, not enough i was enough. hoping the eight, if you had said 18 i would have been like okay that's not enough can i, I just can we can i ask a serious question yeah can you get more yeah, uh, on my notes it said twelve was perfect. But not, enough, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> okay, let's let's assume that between the cousins and us and dad, we eat half of those Wednesday right. night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I will definitely. So, I, I'm going to the fresh. Um, the Amish people have all the necks in the world. I ordered fresh turkey and all those parts, and when I pick it up on Tuesday afternoon after work, I will get a few more necks. Eighteen. 18, 18, 18 would be good. So, uh, so how did they kind of become uh, center stage? It used to be drum, like, last used to be the drumsticks. Drum yeah, if I go back to my recipes, which I have, um, you know, I print out the whole rest, the whole menu for everyone because we have people sleeping over, and when they, they come upstairs to their bedrooms the night on Wednesday, I want everybody to see what the brunch is going to be and then what the dinner is going to be and what the dessert will be. So it's always printed out. And I think I go back to my printing in 2003 was the first officially printed recipe, um, uh, fam Bresnitz family Thanksgiving Day brunch and dinner menu. So on those earlier ones, it said buy more thighs and buy more legs and buy more wings. And somehow, I think the night before, we used to gobble up those necks just as an anticipation. And then everybody said, well, we want necks tomorrow as well and so then i started buying five necks and six necks and now i guess it's up to 18 necks yeah yeah um and uh i want to just make sure we get a couple more questions but um any just complete culinary disasters oh yeah what dishes didn't yeah work? like some horror stories because so you know just to we know all about the testing and the not testing and things like that so yeah. talk about some dishes that didn't make it talk yeah. about some dishes that snuck through onto the table and then talk about, like, what it takes to get a dish into permanent rotation. Well, first of all, I think all of the flavors of all the dishes, dishes have to meld. And I was reading in Williams-Sonoma's Thanksgiving cookbook um, and, and fine cooking as well. And they say, don't put...
put raisins with oysters. It's just not going to work out. Damn straight. Once you have that understanding, then you you can eliminate recipes that are going to have a weird sense of, like edamame is not going to make it to the table. So Not in our house. No, never. Not in our house. So I guess my over the last few years, I've made a lot of bad corn recipes, really bad, that had to just be thrown out. So I, I finally found a corn recipe that I really liked. And coincidentally, someone else who's really big into to, um, making Thanksgiving said, I just got this great Bon Appetit corn recipe. And I said, I made it, and she made it. And she said, we both agreed it's fabulous. So a lot what of bad corn recipes. What Some of just it, be patient. Pardon? Four days. We'll find out in four days. No. No, I made it last year. Yeah. No, but tell, yeah. tell our listeners. Oh, um... Let me just get it in front of me. It's from Bon Appetit, and it's called por- uh, Corn Pudding with Mushroom and Ham. Oh, yeah, that dish and is awesome. It is unbelievable. And Gonna go ham on that. August 2012 recipe. So and one thing, though, you cannot only make, I don't know why they didn't just say double this. It has to be doubled. And the first year I made it, I didn't realize that it had to be doubled and luckily it was just a testing. And then I, you know, added that it must be doubled. But it's a really great one. I have tried many corn recipes from just plain corn. And I wanted something Indian, traditional, Native American Indian. Um, so I came up with that from Bon Appetit. So Mom, we, have, we have time for one last question. So after all sure. these years and starting with Grandma and, you know, uh, immig- uh, immigrant leanings of your first Thanksgiving, what does Thanksgiving really mean to you, and what does it come to represent after all these years? And what is your Thanks- favorite dish? Thanksgiving means to me that I'm an American. It's not just that I'm Jewish, and it's just that it always has meant to me that I'm an American. I'm blessed to be here, certainly as a woman, to be in America. And this holiday represents a time to come together with family and be thankful for all that we do have in this wonderful nation and not that we don't have issues here but we are just so lucky to have the freedom we have and to have the bounty available to make this wonderful dish and to me it's about giving and it's giving to my family and and to our relatives and opening up the house people sleeping over and having a beautiful table with taking out all the good china and just making it a wonderful time for family to be together and that's what it is. Awesome. And favorite dish? Your favorite? My favorite dish is the stuffing. Not enough. There it is. <laughs> Not enough. All right, Mom. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see, Thank we'll, you. We'll see you on Tuesday night, okay. and we'll be cooking with you on Wednesday. We love you, Mom. Love you, too. Uh, got thanks a bunch for of, having me on the show. Yeah, always. Uh, we got a bunch of dead people. <laughs> dead people. <laughs> coming up next. C- coming live up. Live in studio. Live in studio. Okay. Uh, but first up, we just want to take a moment and send a shout-out to Death by Audio, who closes doors for good yesterday um truly an amazing space unique some of the best guys some of the best shows we've seen just uh, a real a real sad day in the local community Listen for the morning when you went blind and i listened for a shortcut when you Yeah. Uh-huh.
Welcome back, Snacky Tunes. Welcome back. Special Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Hey, what are you thankful for? Oh, I don't know. Really? I'm thankful for you. Oh, it's pretty nice. Yeah. It's been a good year. It's, it's been, been a tough great, year. It's been a, a tough year. year. It's been a good year. We want to thank everyone who's been there for us. Yeah. And uh, we're thankful for all the bands that have come through. Yeah. Bunch of dead people. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Bunch of dead people. Yeah. Such a tough name. Yeah. That's kind of what got me when you guys reached out. I was like kind of fuck it however they sound which it's great that you sound awesome but the name yeah and uh very very googleable name that'd be really funny if you yeah, guys were just uh, yeah you'd be surprised a bunch of dead people yeah it's, it's basically that or the walking dead yeah it's like it's a bunch of dead people it's like you and a bunch of massacres yeah yeah uh most people don't lead that they're part of a cult um to describe their band so uh let's just let's just start there oh 
Okay. Can I talk into this mic? Is that fine? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, well, I, I mean, you know, we, we, we only got a half hour, so I don't want to delve too much into it. If you really want to know more about the culture, contact us. You can delve a little bit. It's very simple. It's a very simple concept. It's, uh, you know, mind above heart, heart above all else, uh, which anyone can sort of understand, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so how did you guys all um, bunch up? Uh, Zach and I, Zach and I, the guitar player, we played in a band before called Afuche, and uh, we had played uh, shows with Joel, the drummer, in his previous band, Ice Cream. And uh, David used to come out to those shows, and he introduced us to Corey, who is, plays keys. Is Ice Cream like Ice Cream the thing, or I Scream? Ice Cream, like, like the food ice cream. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Like the food item. Were, were all of your songs different flavors? Uh, no, they were not. No. They were all the same flavor. Yeah, they were one flavor. Pretty one, nice. flavor. <laughs> one flavor. One flavor. And what flavor yeah, what, was what that? What was the flavor? Uh, we, we still don't know. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, that's why we broke up. Esoteric flavor. So, so when did you guys, how did you guys all, um, the events after you met, come together? Uh, I had started writing a lot of this stuff and uh, needed a band to play it all. And I have the fortune of having these wonderful musicians as friends. That are willing to be at my beck and call. And there's one missing, right? Uh, Johnny, yeah, Johnny's not able to be here. You uh, did promise. I, I I don't know about promising, but I did say he was going to th- be. There here. was a, an email that was just like baritone sax is coming. Yeah, I was, I was really like, excited yes! about it. But it's a great he, email to get, and yeah. then interesting. I just wanted to get you excited. Yeah, and, like let you down. I mean, we we would be tight on space. We would be very right. tight. Right. No, as soon as I walked so in, I was appreciate... like, oh, good thing there's no Barry Sax. There's uh, no room for the Barry Sax. Why don't we get a Why don't we get a song? You want to do a song? Absolutely. What What are you going to rip for us? This is a tune called Evil. You're right. It's not a tune called Evil. It's a tune called Temple. Excuse me. Okay. Oh, shit. I need to be over there. Okay. I can say shit, right? Yeah. You can. Internet okay. radio. You can. Mom, Mom already uh, signed off, so. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. She also dropped a number of F-bombs. Oh, have. yeah. Unprovoked. It's really weird. She got really excited about talking about Turkey and just all these yeah. F-bombs started coming out. Um, all right, you guys cool? We are now, yeah. All right, sure. great. Here we go. Live on Snacky Tunes. I'm sifting through my memories, but I can't find a recollection. 
So how does uh, <laughs> all this living inside of you um, evolve into a band like that? <laughs> like this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Damn. Yeah. CBS FM. <laughs> oh, yeah? 101.1. Is that your jam? Hell yeah, man. Dude, I was I working in the kitchen, and I, I with uh, the band I was in with Zach was very, very strange. And uh, I was working in the kitchen for a while, and that band was done. And I sort of fell in love with pop music again and thought, like, well, there has to be a way to... Fuck all that up. What was the what was the song that like reconverted you to pop? Well, I mean, I, I always had an affinity for it, uh, but uh, probably Chain of Fools or something. Chain, chain. Yeah, no, chain. mainly that. You know, the begin that guitar intro though. That yeah. Bomb. Yeah. Yeah, dude. What I mean, CBS just is it's like the best pop from well, it's, yesteryear. It's a fucking like shuffle of anything that was yeah. ever a hit. Yeah. yeah. So you'll hear the Clash and then Aretha Franklin and then like New Edition. Yeah. They're then, like sixties. Yeah, we got the sixties. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Uh, do you see your music hopefully being on CBS FM? <laughs> one how long day? do you have to how long yeah. do you have to wait? Thirty uh, years. <laughs> thirty years. You've got, you've got to play like Survival of the Fittest. Yeah, you got you got your song has to be a hit for thirty years, then you get on CBS FM. Wow, okay, so we'll, we're set yeah, then. Yeah, you're good. Got, yeah. you got you young guys. Dude, oh, yeah. dude, just wait till like 2020, 2030. Fuck yeah. Um, um, and then, I mean, and I know that a bunch of you are, are audio engineers as well, so how does that add to the overall uh, building of sonically? the record and sound? Um, it's sort of, you know, there's a lot of nuance, and uh, Joel in particular is a, a very gifted sound engineer. That's the drummer. He's pointing uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pointing. <laughs> you guys can see that. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> He's he's very good, and Zach also does a bunch of uh, engineering work. He, he guitar records. Yeah, sorry, 
Whatever. Zach plays guitar. Guys, Joel plays drums. Yeah. David plays the bass, and Corey plays the keyboard. From now on, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, myself, Joel, and Zach all record our own stuff, and uh, have been working on with that stuff for years and it really does affect sort of how you think of sound how you think of arrangements and stuff you think more about uh frequencies and how things fit in does it affect your like when you're kind of scratching out the beginning of an idea does like does it start there like how soon into the process does it start to affect uh where the final song ends up from the get i mean i Hmm. sit and i record a lot of these demos myself and uh show it to these guys and uh there's definitely uh, the process in which that I record uh, the the process in which I record everything uh, has is why there's minimal drum kit. There's a minimal like sort of everything is uh, small, so it's easy for me to fit all the pieces in. And did that only start to evolve when the band formed? Um, I mean, I I had sit I had uh, I had written a bunch of this stuff myself, mm. and uh, I decided from the get that I was like, okay, this if I sit and I just start stacking recordings, then it's gonna be a 20-piece band to play it live. <laughs> so I was like, all right, less is more. Just like kick, snare, crash. That's all we need. Like bass line. Got to come up with a keyboard thing. And then there's no way that I'm not going to be in a band with Zach because he's my favorite guitar player. Do you guys world. have your own studios you record in? Yeah. So yeah. does the sound change depending on whose room you're in? Pretty much. Yeah. We record a lot where I work, too. I work at a studio in Manhattan, so we work there sometimes late at night. Yeah, but when Madonna's not there. For real? Shh. What? Shh. Yeah, she's only been to one studio ever. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's the same studio you and I record in. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, another jam? Yeah, let's get another jam. Okay, get, get another yeah. Uh, what do you have? Let me play. This one's called Spit It Out. Spit It Out. All right, here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a sip of coffee before I do it. Okay, so here we go. Spit this It Out. Sort of live on Snacky Tunes. Here we go. That's the sound of a bass tuning. You want me to look into the camera? Yeah, sure, Jake. Ready? One. Spin it out, 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 spin it
in my fucking face. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn. That's great. Um, so what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? What's the, what's the vibe? You guys going to do like a Friendsgiving band hang or are you guys all going going back to your... I got to work at my restaurant, man. Where do you work? I work at my family's Cuban restaurant in Queens called Rincón Criollo. Okay, go, go, go there for a minute. It's uh, traditional Cuban food. We've been open since 1976. Damn. It's an extension of my grandfather's restaurant from Cuba that was opened in 1950. It is currently uh, operated by myself, my older brother, and my sister. Family biz, my grandmother's recipes, best Cuban food in New York. Why well, don't what, what? Because we just met. They oh, were going to work it into the show, like, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. you know, I don't ever think I've ever had a good Cuban sandwich. Oh, my God. I know. I, I had one in Miami at this place on 7th and Collins. Yeah. There's just like one spot. And 7th and Collins is fine for a Cuban sandwich. Yeah, that's like totally fine. Yeah. And how's yours? Oh, man. Best in Queens. Ask, uh, I think it's Daily News. I'm serious. That's not yeah. like me. Yeah. Just... I'm not just, yeah, he's not just here saying it. So wait, what do you do? What are you going to do for Thanksgiving? You do like a, a, oh, a it's, Cuban... it's one of the busiest days because we do a lot of takeout. So we do whole turkeys and oh, all, really? the Cuban seasoned turkeys. And then people will Cu- still buy roast pork and all what's that on stuff. the, what's the Cuban seasoning? Uh, the base is sofrito. Oh, okay. You guys know sofrito. Yeah. Uh, so there's that, uh, a lot of garlic, uh, basil, hmm. white pepper, how many how many that. turkeys are you making? Uh... Uh, so far, order wise, I think we've got like fifty. Damn, that's just, that's just takeout. That's how do you dining. how do you cook fifty turkeys? That's a good question. <laughs> we stay overnight and start cooking. Oh, okay, like you know, 10, 10 p.m. Uh, Wednesday. You don't I'm use like the green egg or anything, that do you? I'm sorry, you're not the, deep frying them, are you? No, no, no. We've got uh, the, like the big pizza ovens. Yeah, we use that since we use it for roast pork already. Oh yeah, we're gonna use it for like the pernil stuff. Did, did I just yeah, watch you meat. enlist the band? Being like, what are you guys doing on Wednesday? <laughs> hey, you guys uh, <laughs> yeah. want to do um, the overnight at the restaurant? What about the rest? So what, what about the rest of you guys? What do you, oh. what do, you do in the restaurant? Uh, I, I mean, a little bit of anything. Yeah, I, uh, I've gotten to the point where I'm just like managing. But uh, you know, everyone start, everyone in the family starts peeling potatoes, peeling plantains. When did you start cooking there, or when did you start working there? Uh, about three years ago. Okay, that's and, great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it took uh, it takes a while, man, because it's if there's one good thing about the hard headedness of the men in my family, it's the recipes in our restaurant. So do you, do you argue about who makes a certain recipe better? No, we don't have to. Different? I do it better than both oh. my brother and my sister. Oh they're, man, they're not here to defend themselves. Yeah. Oh, uh, we have a caller. Yeah. Hello? Oh, <laughs> it's, your, it's your siblings. Um, are you guys all cooking? You guys going home? What are you guys gonna do? Home. 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 My home is very far away, so I'm I'm just gonna be with friends. Oh, oh friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. It's a great New York tradition. Friendsgiving. Is it I just? Like it. It's not just New York though. No. But it's. But, I mean, it's a city where there's a lot of people that aren't close to home. Yeah. Tickets are expensive, and it's hard enough. It's expensive to live here. Yeah. So. Where's home? Miami. Oh. Uh-huh. The rest of you? Jersey. 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 West Virginia. West, oh, West Virginia. Oh. Hialeah, Florida. <laughs> uh, and any like favorite favorite hometown dishes for Thanksgiving? Cuban food. Yeah, Cuban food. <laughs> We're both from Miami. That's the thing. Are you going to go to the restaurant? Oh, you uh, should come by, dude. Yeah, actually, I should go by there. That's a good idea. Don't. We're going to be really busy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, man, I love you, but I can't talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the classics. Half my family is Middle Eastern, though, so we do, like, 
Turkey and then Middle Eastern food, so it's a little weird, but it's okay. so, so yeah, so like what are some of like the unexpected but good pairings of so the So we'll do like you'll have stuffing and corn and all that, but then also like we'll have grape leaves and we'll have kibbeh sometimes, so Sounds awesome. Tur- yeah. Turkey and Dolma. Yeah. Yeah, scratch that, I'm going over to your house. Yeah. Come on down. Sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes. Yeah. Man, sometimes you do do you ham? No, it's more like it's sweet with like uh, pecans on top. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Um, so what's uh, what's coming up next to you guys? You guys. We are in the middle of making a record. So Boom. Whose house are you recording at? Which bedroom? <laughs> Neither. Uh, Madonna's bedroom. Madonna's bedroom. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know that we're there. It's fine. They don't know, Joel. It's fine. Uh, yeah, you just record in her bedroom when she's on tour. Yeah. Yeah. You know that record, uh, Bedroom Stories? Yeah. <laughs> It's the same thing. That's, We're just recording a version of that record. Uh, how's not bad. How far it's, a, you, it's a cover concept album of, yeah. of a late Madonna forgotten classic. It's uh, really good, that record. How far into the recording process are you guys? Uh, just the tip. Wow. Yeah. Just the tip? Yeah. What? I could say that. Yeah. I mean, That's yes, how far I, we are. Actually, actually, there's a lot of things that you can say. Yeah. You don't need to say them all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, okay. So where are you right now? What is, I guess, the tip of recording uh, an album? The tip of recording an album is getting the first song to sound something like what yeah. we've been discussing for the past few months. I think we got about one song completely recorded, but yeah. everything else is kind of in the works. And yeah. does that one song, once you get that one sound perfected, that sort of guides the rest of the album? Yeah, I mean, I so. Joel and I have sat a lot and talked about what we wanted the record to sound yeah. like, kind of... Uh, Drum sounds and yeah. tones and things like that, and just how we want it to come across, so... Yeah, and it's... it's uh, Malleable, you know, particularly since all of us are very uh, capable of fucking with sound. And so it's like you don't want it to get too like soul sounding. You don't want it to get too, too clean or dirty or whatever. So. How do you? I mean, you know, some producers like can never kick anything out the door because like they just need one more tweak. Like you have obviously a number of perfectionists and professionally doing it. Like, how do you guys agree when something is is done? I say so. <laughs> Well, I mean, Joel, eating a, ro- Joel, eating a roast pork sandwich. I mean, Joel has his project. David has his project. Zach has his. Corey has her stuff. This is my thing. So. Got it. So, and then once you go balls deep on this album, <laughs> uh, you can take it on the road. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, at this point, we're trying to play in New York once a month, once every two months, uh, nice. with the exception of now, where we got to tighten up a lot of new material. What are your favorite venues? Yeah. Or where do you like to play? Uh, I love Death by Audio. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, do you know what it was last night? What? Lightning bolt? Yeah. Yikes. And uh, Place of Very Strangers, where they welded a guitar to the ceiling and just let it drone. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, go on the, ins- on the Instagram. It's, it's up Go there. on the Instagram. Go on the Instagram. Our friend Heidi was there. Heidi Vanderlee. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, she was there. She was doing a lot of like live, just videos of stuff. So. Such a and where else that still exists? <laughs> that, that might be open <laughs> for the next month. Yeah. Oh, where do we like to play, guys? Cake shop. There we go. Big time. I knew there was one. I think the t- list of places we played is longer than the list of places we like. Oh, yeah. fair enough. Oh, That's okay. Fair goes, enough. Man. We'll leave it. We'll just leave it. We'll leave it that. Yeah. Um, all right. So we want to make sure we have enough time for one more song. Cool. Um, where can people? Where are the nuts and bolts of where people can find you on the net? Uh, we're on Facebook. So facebook.com slash a bunch of dead people so uh, good yeah. oh my god a bunch of dead people dot bandcamp.com shout out to bandcamp yeah great job guys way to go bunch of dead um people. all right well thanks to coffee. thanks to are you on instagram oh yeah uh i have a personal instagram but no i wish your instagram was literally just photos of dead people that's yeah so but that's, how, that's how so literal yeah no, remember that rule that you can't 
It's if you meta. write a book about apples, you can't have an apple on the cover. Right. Yeah. Well, and, uh, I mean, <laughs> what about my computer? Ugh, God damn. Uh, thanks everyone for thank you guys for coming. It's thank really you for coming. Awesome. Happy Thanksgiving. We're actually going to be back next Sunday. Yeah. Uh, well, you won't be here. No, but you'll be here. I'll be here, and we are super excited. Uh, we'll be deep in the mix Wednesday night in Philadelphia. And uh, we don't normally ask this, but uh, we'd love to see your Thanksgiving photo. So if you can tag at uh, Snacky Tunes on Instagram, it'd be great to see while we're in turkey comas. Turkey or com- doma comas. Doma comas, which is uh, you have to eat a little bit more, I guess. It's quite a lot of dough. Del- yeah. Do you the put tur- the turkey in the doma on Thursday? No, no. Yeah. Or you could use tur- Thanksgiving turkey. Or you can use turkey, turkey skin for the doma. Yeah. yeah. Blow minds. You have a few days to figure this recipe out. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, what are you going to take us out with? Oh, and shout out to mom. Always. Always. Shout out to mom and shout out to dad who's going to do all the dishes. So. Cool. Uh, this is a tune. This is a tune called Evil. I promise. <laughs> Deliver me to evil Cause I don't want to feel no more Deliver me to evil Cause I don't want to feel I want to hurt and not feel I wanna have an ice cold heart With no emotion I'm not on
Snacky Tunes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.